How are we doing this morning? Good, 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 good. Um, well, if you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to be this morning. Luke chapter uh, 9, we will get there uh, shortly. Luke nine fifty-seven is what we're going to be looking at. Um, and I believe it will encourage us uh, and challenge us and just do uh, a number of things in our life uh, as we uh, continue to grow mature in Christ. And so... Um, and just a couple things real fast before we, we jump in and kind of get going. I uh, wanted to let you know that uh, this coming Saturday morning, 8 a.m., I'm looking for John, 8 a.m., uh, here in this place, we're going to gather uh, men. Um, women, you're more welcome to come too, whoever wants to be a part of it. Um, and we're going to head over. Uh, we've got a family here in the church uh, who, when the tornadoes came through, or tornado uh, came through a couple weeks ago, uh, uh, knocked down some trees and did some damage and some things there. And so we're going to go over and uh, clean up uh, there. So uh, 8 a.m. Uh, here Saturday morning for cleanup, and we'll, we'll take off and go go that route. So um, that uh, also uh, just want to celebrate for a moment. Um, like I said, we've got that challenge out there. We've been gifted thirty thousand uh, dollars, uh, and the challenge to match that uh, thirty thousand to help pay down, pay off our building, and things are going great right now. And so um, I'm just going to do it. Just want to let you know. Um, so we've got today and then two Sundays, and so I just want to give you a number right now. Uh, as of last night, the number that I got. Uh, to me was this $33,032. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I was like, well, we're done, right? No, we've got three weeks. We're not quitting short, right? We're going to keep going. And the reason why I say that is this, is because the more we get... Uh, toward that, uh, the more things that we can do, the opportunities that we have uh, to pay off, to do things like that. I know right now, um, uh, I don't think Hannah's in here, I know Miss Becky's there. But we, I think we're having around 65, I know you're about there too, about 65 th- through the summer camp um, here, uh, Miss Tara, about there. Yeah, around 65 is what we're having here uh, on campus Monday through Friday uh, for our summer camp. Yeah. Um, and so with that, even like little upgrades to some doors and different things. So, I mean, we, the, the opportunity there to, to do some things that we'll need to do uh, and even look to prepare for the future and down the road. Um, so so that, that is awesome. So this Sunday and two more Sundays uh, to give for our, uh, our building challenge, whatever we call it there. Uh, and then last thing, vacation Bible school tonight, um, which, which I'm, I'm excited for. Uh, I don't know if you are. If you're not, you should be. Um, and and I, just, I just remember, I guess, my experience of vacation Bible school for me uh, as a little boy in West Virginia, uh, going for the Kool-Aid and uh, the crackers. Uh, and I got a whole lot more than that uh, at 11 whenever God uh, intervened uh, and showed me that there was something much, much greater than the Kool-Aid and the crackers. Uh, and it was his son. And so, um, and just the opportunity that we have this coming week to just pour into kids, into families, just to love one. And so um, if you'd please be praying for us uh, this coming week for va- Vacation Bible School, we'll go Sunday through Thursday, Thursday being our kind of wrap-up night, family night, celebration night. Um, and so be praying for the, uh, those that are volunteering. And I'm going to ask you, if you, if you would you just show me your hand, if you're going to be here to, to volunteer in any capacity, I don't care if you're just picking up trash, if you're just whatever, like if you're going to serve and give your life away this week in service to that, um, okay, yep, good, good, good. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I want to I pray for us, and then we'll kind of we'll get ready to, to head where we're going to be this morning. So let me, let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you so much for this morning already. Uh, God, the, the truth that we've had the opportunity to sing back to you, to reflect to you how great you are. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us. God, thank you so much for the faithfulness of giving, Father. Uh, Lord, we, we want to be debt-free so we can give more away, so we can make a bigger impact in this community, in this world, and in the lives of people, Father. So we, we just we want to be debt-free. We want to get out of that. We, just, we ask that you continue to bless and, and move, Father, and thank you so much for the generosity that's already been given. 
Father, we've got three more weeks, and, and so, Lord, I just, I just pray, God, that you would move and work there even in that. And, and, Father, tonight as we gather in this place to have Vacation Bible School and we get to tell kids and families about you, Jesus, I pray you just work, prepare those little hearts. Father, for that kid like me years ago that came for the Kool-Aid and for the crackers, Father, I pray that in that, God, that you would just intervene in a mighty way and show them that there's something so much greater than the Kool-Aid and the crackers, but it's your son. And so, Father, for those that are going to give their life away this week and serve, God, to, God, to point kids to you, to tell kids about you, to love on kids and to walk with kids, Father, I just thank you so much for their heart, for their willingness. Father, from the smallest act of maybe picking up a piece of trash to serving food to, uh, to telling them to just walking around to just, just, just holding babies, God, whatever it may be, anything in between and anything out of that, Father, that you would just use in a mighty way. Father, we ask you to make your presence known even here this morning as we gather in this place. Work and do as you see fit. And we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, Luke 9, 57, like I said, we'll, we'll get there in a few minutes. But um, I, I, was just, I guess I was just thinking and kind of just looking inward this week and just praying through some things and just looking, looking kind of at my life and my heart and um, where, where some things are at. And uh, it's just always good to kind of just assess, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like how am I doing? How are we doing? Where are we at? What's happening? Uh, what, what's, what's, my, uh, what's kind of on my radar? What am I focused on? What, what am I chasing after? Th- those type of things. And so just to kind of just, just ask the Lord to just reveal some things to me, uh, show, show me some things, help me uh, understand some things, kind of get just um, uh, a handle on some stuff. And so just, it's always good to just kind of know where you're at, to kind of assess and to look and to ask God to just show you. And so uh, really, it's almost what I want to do this morning for us as a people, for us as a church. And so um, I just want to ask a question and we'll build everything off of this question, especially around these scriptures, because I believe uh, that this will kind of help navigate this question in our life. But the question I want to ask us this morning and look at it is simply this, is what would the church be like if everyone was as committed as you? Dang, it gets quiet. What would, what would, what would she be like? What would she be like if, if everyone was as committed and in as you are? Or as, and, and I'm asking it, I, mean, I want us to focus on self this morning. And normally, I mean, we're going to kind of focus on self, but through Jesus, um, and we'll, we'll get to that. But, but, but I, want, I, want you to, I want you to look inward this morning. I want you to ask yourself that question and be thinking about that question as, as, we, uh, as we circle around these scriptures and we look at what Jesus has to say as it pertains to commitment about being all in. And I just want you to think about that. What, what would the church, what would she be like? What would new life be like? What would this world be like if everyone was as committed to Jesus as you? And so the reality is this, I mean, we're all committed to something, right? Every one of us in this room, we, we don't struggle with commitment. We struggle with what is most important to be committed to. That's where the struggle is. What is the thing that, that requires most of your time, most of your love, most of your devotion, uh, most of your attention? Uh, and that's where our commitment goes. Maybe it's for, for pleasure, for fun, for, for whatever the case may be, um, or out of necessity, whatever it is. But, but we're all committed. So the, the, the struggle is not commitment, the struggle is the object or objects that we, we uh, give our devotion and commitment to. So, so let's, let's just let's, let's play for a moment, shall we, with this thought of commitment. And what would the church be like if everyone was as committed as you, as me, to praying? In, in, in the area of prayer, in the area of petitioning God... Being in his ear, talking to him, having communication with him, 
having conversation with him. What, 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 would, what would she be like? What about with the scriptures? Knowing God's word. What would the church be like today? What would new life be like today? If you were the one, you were the one to set the direction of knowing God's word or not knowing God's word, uh, knowing what's doctrinally sound or not knowing what's doctrinally sound, uh, knowing what theological uh, points to, uh, to make big deals about and maybe some of the open-handed and close-handed things. Uh, where, where would she be, the church, if everyone was as committed as you were to the word of God? What about to witnessing? What about to telling of what you know to be true about Jesus and sharing your faith? Sharing your faith. Where would the church be? What about with disciple making? Where would she be if everyone was as committed to the process of making disciples as you were? Whether that be one-on-one, one-on-a-few, whatever that looks like, whatever that means. Investing in others. What about giving? Giving of time, giving of finances, which kind of connects with serving. Uh, where would the church be if everyone was as committed as you in that realm? What about with missions? Taking the gospel to the nations. Where would she be? What kind of condition would she be in? Would she be healthy? Would she be growing? Would she be doctrinally sound? Would she be taking the gospel to the nations, producing uh, uh, disciples for his glory, for his great name, to make uh, uh, his renown known? Or would she be in rough shape? Would, would she be struggling a little bit? Would she be limping along? I mean, would she be vibrant and making an impact in this world? Because it's easy to gather for an hour or two a week and just kind of to, to fade into the crowd and just kind of do, do what we're supposed to do, up, down, sing, this, that, yes, no. I mean, do, do all of those things. And one of my fears is this, be, this can become such a routine for us. This can become just a part of, of what we, we just do it and we don't even think about it. And it's just kind of a, a habit that we've just adopted into our life. And like not all habits are bad habits. Like coming to church is not a bad habit. But motive matters. Why you're here, why you're gathered in this place, it, it, it matters. And so we can, we can just do this out of routine or just a, just a habit that we've just adopted in. To where we gather on Sunday because it's convenient, it's easy. If I feel like it, if it doesn't require, expect too much from me, I mean, I, I can give up a little bit of time and do that. And, and I, just, I just think of Churches in other countries, though, like, like, like if it was raining this morning, statistically, numbers are down. When it just rains, and, and we've got cars with windshield wipers, and we can carry umbrellas. And in other countries, there, there's men and women who will jump on the back of a moped and, and ride for five hours. I was talking to my brother-in-law the, the other day, and, and he had been to India, and he had just got back, and he was talking about this, um, this conference that, that he was a part of while he in India, and, and there was a, a guy who jumped on a moped and rode for eight hours one way to come to the, to come to the conference. Like, Bo, I'm not jumping in my car with my kids willingly for eight hours. And this guy got on the back of a moped that goes 35, and, and we're not talking about like, like nice little like paved roads and interstate. I mean, we're talking about like potholes the, uh, the size of me. They're having to navigate around, go through the jungle, places like that to, to get to the conference. Eight hours on a moped. 
or because he wanted to know more about Jesus. Because he was hungry, he was committed, he wanted to learn, he wanted to grow. Because Jesus is life. And without him, there's nothing. And, and, and so, so I, just, I just think of that, like churches in other countries, and if we get a little rain shower, chances are we're not going to be here. And maybe the, the thing that I should ask is this, do, do you daily walk with, long for, think of, or serve God away from this place? And one of the things that I fear is that, that we believe we're, we're committed and further along than what we really are. That when we say, yeah, I'm committed to Jesus, well, what does it cost you to follow him this past week? What does that commitment look like in sacrifice or sacrificial living? What has it looked like this week to be committed to Jesus? Because for most of us in the room, to be committed to Jesus, he inconveniences us a little bit by maybe having to get up a little bit earlier or stay, stay awake a little bit later or maybe giving up an hour here or there to come to church. But it doesn't go much further past that. And I'm afraid, in all reality, that we're way more invested or committed to a million other things, first and foremost, more so than we are that of Jesus. That of Jesus. Maybe to families, maybe to our kids, team, or whatever it may be, maybe to comfort, maybe to work, maybe to hobbies, maybe to you, you, you name it. I just got thinking this week, like, like, what would those relationships or areas of our life look like if we were as committed to them as we are to Jesus? Like, if I was as committed to my wife, my relationship with my wife, as I am to Jesus. Like, if I talk to my wife as much as I do to Jesus on a normal day, a regular day, regular week, chances are I'd probably be divorced. I'm just saying. Or if I was as, as uh, uh, insistent and persistent about pursuing my family or my job as I am Jesus, what, would I have a job? What would it look like? What would it be like if I was as committed in those areas as I say I am to Jesus? Or, or let's, let's, let's flip it. That's kind of the negative side. Let's flip it on the other side. What would our relationship to Christ be like if we were as committed to him as we are those other things that are important in our life? I mean, would we look radical? Would we look sold out? Would we look, just look, look obsessed with Christ? Because I would argue that should be the place that we're at. That should be the place that we would be, and that's what we'll see in the Scripture. And so I'm just afraid that we've forgotten or just not paid attention to what Jesus expects when it comes to, to a commitment to Him, when it comes to, to, to being a part of His and I'm not sure if it's because of, of our ignorance or our lack of seriousness to or our half-hearted uh, world that we live in. I, I'm not 100% certain of the reason why. And, and I think that there's many different reasons why we're probably not as committed to him as well. And so my hope this morning is this. My hope is this, to remind us as we're about to move headlong into summer, where summer says just kind of uh, hit the cruise control for a bit, kind of pull back, kind of uh, take a break, kind of just check out. As we're about to move into that season, as we are headlong into that season, and to be reminded of what a commitment to Jesus looks like, to be reminded of what that looks like. And so I can remember as a kid growing up, um, there'd be certain times where my dad would call me in and it'd be the living room. He'd be in his rocking chair, just kind of rocking and his feet would be crossed. His arms would be on the, on the uh, armrest right there. And he'd just kind of be this, and it, like, it was a different type of rock. You know what I'm talking about? Like you knew like, like the chill dad's just enjoying the TV rock and then you knew the we're about to have one of those talk rocks. 
And it was, I can remember those times of those talk type of rocks. And I come in and he sits down. He'd always call me, sometimes about time for a little attitude adjustment. And I always thought that my attitude was great. I mean, I thought, I mean, I have a good attitude. I'm, I mean, positive. I'm looking, I mean, hey. And he would remind me real quick that there's times where maybe I overlook things or I, things I shouldn't be doing or I'm whatever the case may be. And I just feel this week as I've prayed and as I've walked with and asked God to help me and help us, I just believe this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to do this morning. Almost maybe an attitude adjustment or a heart alignment. And sometimes we just need to have those times where we're reminded, don't we? Or reminded. So, so this morning what we're talking about is simply this, commitment. And commitment is defined as, as to bind or to obligate as by pledge or assurance. As a guarantee, like I'm, I'm assuring you, I'm doing it to carry out, to execute, to go all in. That's the definition of commitment. And I want, to, I want you to think of it that way. As we walk through these scriptures and as we see some things here in these scriptures, as Jesus has, has, has inviting people in and having these conversations with, as he, as he does this, I want you to think of what the word commitment looks like. And I want you to think of that question I asked at the very beginning. What would the church be like if everyone was as committed as you? Luke 9.57 says this. So we're a little bit into Jesus' ministry. Some things have just happened. I mean, some, some of the amazing things that he, he's done, some miracles, some different things like that. His name kind of get out there, spread a little bit. Luke 9.57 says this. It says, uh, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, so someone engages Jesus, he's journeying, he's walking, they engage him, they said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Man, isn't that a great statement? Isn't that like an encouraging statement? I mean, think about it for a second. Like, like you would think this would excite Jesus. This would get him all amped up. He would be uh, ready to go. Why? Because, I mean, he's trying to build something, is he not? Trying to build his kingdom, trying to build his church, get her off the ground, get her going. And, and hey, man, I just got somebody who just come to me and said, I'm in, let's do this thing. I want to be a part of, I, I want to do this, I want to follow you wherever you go, whatever you do. I, like, like I'm, all, I'm committed to this, is what this person is saying. And you would think that this would, I mean, this would get Jesus a little bit giddy, a little bit amped up, a little bit excited. And as I read that statement this week, I can just, I can just think of all the countless conversations that I've had with people around this thought. Yeah, man, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Yes, Jesus all of that. Yes, I love him. I'll do it. I'll be what I'll, yes. Only to have them say with their mouth one thing and not to have their heart to be in the same place as their mouth as it pertains to commitment. And so the thing that we know about Jesus is simply this, is that he knows and he sees what we don't. He knows and he sees what, what nobody else does. And so he, he knows of the motives. He knows of the heart. He knows of whether or not someone's really going to be committed or not be committed. And so, so he's aware of all of this and he sees this. He, he engages the conversation now. This person says, I will follow you wherever you go. And instead of getting all amped up and excited and passing out like, okay, here, I just need you to sign here. Let me get your phone number. Um, I'll text you later and let you know where we're going to meet up. Like, like, I just need you on Sundays right now for just, no, he does none of that. None of that. He, he doesn't get their address. He doesn't, none of those things. Like, I'm the second hut, past the third, down, there, down beside the Burger King. It's awesome. Come, like, none of that. This is how he engages the conversation, 58. And Jesus says to him, and so he responds. And it's kind of a weird response, but just let's follow it. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. Huh? I just said I want to follow you. I don't want a pet bird. I don't need a nest. What is he doing? Then he goes in and he says, but those animals, those created animals 
have places, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So what Jesus is doing is like, man, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I'm excited that you're excited and you want to be a part of this. And I can just imagine what he's thinking. But Jesus says that he has nowhere to lay his head. He just lets them know that this is not about ease. This is not about comfort. This is not what you think is going to be cracked up to be. Like the commitment that you're about to, that you're saying that you're going to make. You need to understand some things. And, and Christian church member, I want to say it's not changed. 2022, Jesus hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't pulled back a little bit. He's been like, ah, oh, I forgot it's 2022. They've got the internet now. Really, okay, we can pull back on some of this stuff. Like, like Holy Spirit, get down there and let them know. Like, there's none of that. None of, same today for us as what Jesus tells this one here. And, and that's what I love about Jesus. Like he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't, uh, okay, dude, honestly, just sign up here. I'll get you your t-shirt. We'll write your name down in the book. You'll be good to go. Like, like I love that he, he doesn't do that. I mean, he's trying to build something. You think that he wanted, he wanted as many of those followers as he could get, but it's almost like he's, he's, he's counter that, isn't he? But, but what I love about him is his honesty. His honesty. Jesus is letting them know that following him is not about being tied to anything or any place other than him. The birds that you see in the air, they got a place to go and rest, to lay their heads down. The foxes, they've got holes to go back to. They've got places that they can retreat to. But the Son of Man, the one that you say that you want to follow and go after anywhere and everywhere that I go, I've got nowhere. Nowhere. I'm moving forward. And so Jesus is up front and he lets them, which in turn lets us know today in our world that following him is going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. That, that when we say that we're in, what that means and what that looks like. And what I love about it is he doesn't make a false promise. He's just like, okay, health, wealth, and prosperity. It's all yours. Here you go. You can have. Here you go. It's the opposite. No, it's, it's going to be difficult. I've got nowhere to lay my head. You say, follow me. I don't even know where we're going to be tonight. He does because he's not. About, but anyways, you know what I'm saying? Like he's like, I don't, know, I don't know what Jesus is going to do with me today. I don't know what he's going to require, ask of me, or expect of me. This is, what my, this is what the rest of my day looks like. Uh, we've got lunch plans. I want to say we've got lunch plans. We're going to go eat somewhere, hopefully. My wife's in the nursery right now, so that's the plan. We're going to go eat. After we get done here, we'll go eat. Then after we do that, we're going to try our best to get the littles down for a quick nap because we got VBS. So we'll be back here early. We'll be getting set up. I don't even know what I'm doing at VBS. So what that means is that, that, that that's a wild card for me. That means that Scott could be placed anywhere at any time doing anything, and it's usually something crazy that nobody else wants to do. Which, that's, that fits me perfectly. I'm good with that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. And, but, but that's what following Jesus does. It, it, it's a blank check. Whatever, whatever here, whatever. What do you need? It doesn't matter. Yes, my answer is yes. You, you want me to, you, 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 yes, I'll go there. You want me to talk to that? Yes, I'll talk to that person. You want me to give that? Yes, I'll give that. You want me to do, yes, I'll do. That's what Jesus is saying. And then to take a little bit further, like the other things that Jesus says in the scriptures, stuff like this, you have to take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus tells them, tells us that if you want to follow me, you got to die. 
You got to die daily to yourself, to your wants, to your desires, to your longings, to you, to what, to your comfort, to whatever it may be. Daily, and now follow me. He says things like this: If your right eye causes you to sin, what do you do? You gouge it out. I mean, I mean, that's a bit much, is it not? I mean, I mean, come on, Jesus. I mean, Jesus. Oh, I, I'll just try to do better next. Because he's that serious about sin. I don't believe he's wanting us to maim ourselves and to hurt ourselves. And to, I don't believe he's into that, but I, I believe he's trying to elevate and show us the seriousness of sin. That we need to take it to the nth degree to get rid of it, to do, have nothing to do with it. What about this one? If you love your mom, dad, brother, sister more than me, then you're not worthy of me. Wow. Like, like honestly, like, like, Jesus, like I can't, like, you've got to be, yes, you've got to be first. He's got to be first. You want to follow him? You want to be a part of him? That's what's required. And who's ready to sit up? Who's ready to sign up? Who's ready to be a part of that? And so one of the reasons why I believe that we're, we're just not committed is because we, maybe we don't think he's really that serious about it. Like I said, at, least, at least not in our day, right? I mean, it's 2022. Jesus would never ask or call us to do something that makes us uncomfortable or may inconvenience us. He just would, he would never. He would never do that, would he? It's a resounding, yes, he would. Why would he not do that? Why would he not do that? He, he, he does it all the time. In my life, all the time that happens. He asks me, he requires, he, 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 he wants me to. And he has every right to do it, doesn't he? And what I've learned in my life is this, is that in that place, in that time where it's difficult, where it's uncomfortable, that's where the most growth happens. Not when everything's going smooth, not when everything's going good, not whenever I'm kind of on cruise control, just enjoying things, and like temperature's right, and everything's just, uh, I, I get complacent way too easy. And so I believe Jesus likes to shake it up a bit. Why? Because complacency is not a good thing in, in, in a walk with him, in a relationship with him. We get a little stale and stagnant, and that's never a good thing for a believer, never a good place for a believer to be, because that's where sin creeps in. That's where it's easy to kind of get, get off track for a little bit. That's where it's kind of easy to take our eyes off of. But it's in the difficulty. It's in the uncomfortable places. And church, you just need to hear me. This is about more than our comfort, our convenience, or even just making it to heaven. It's about his glory. It's about his glory. That's what it's about. And he's going to do everything that he can, everything that he can, to make it about his glory and to let people know how great he truly is. So Jesus goes on in verse 59. He says this. He says to another, now he invites, follow me. Hey, you follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. What's he doing? You're never going to get people like this. I mean, I'm like, I, where's Peter at in this man all of a sudden? Like, like, like to Jesus, like, I mean, I'm pulling him over to the side. Like, hey, man, maybe chill out a little bit, dude. Man, I know you're the son of God, and I know that. I mean, it, but come on, man. Like, we want, don't we want these people to make a comment like that? I mean, I could be winning many popularity contests. I mean, that's a little insensitive, don't you think? I mean, my gosh, let the dead bury their own dead. And so when you look at this, when you read this, I mean, the request, I mean, it seems, seems reasonable on the surface, does it not? But the problem with this request from the man is that it, there was no immediate obedience to Jesus. And church, hear me. Following Jesus must take precedence over every other relationship and obligation in our life. Everyone. Regardless. Regardless of. 
Anyway, Jesus here is not saying that followers can never care for their family or have family obligations. But when they do, it has to be out of the obedience to Jesus first and foremost. That's what he's saying. As I was reading, there's one commentary that, that said, kind of even uh, alluded to this, and, and I don't know if this is it or not, but one commentary even said that the, the guy, uh, even with his father, the father wasn't even on the deathbed. It was just kind of one of those things where the thought was the father was like up in years, and as he's up in years, he just wanted to, uh, uh, to be there with that and, and then wait and, and then go when it was convenient for him. And so what this shows, though, is that Jesus was not the highest commitment in this man's heart. That's the problem. That's the problem. And so I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. But I have got to be on guard not to let my heart go too far with loving them too much. So much so that I love them more than Jesus. And they're great. And they are awesome. But they are not my savior. They are not my all. They don't complete me. As awesome as my wife is, she does not. She falls woefully short. And I'm not saying that because she's not in here. I would t- she would say that about me. Lord, that's easy to say about me. I'm not her Savior. I can't be her Savior. There's only one person that can fill that spot, and it's Jesus. And we've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard those relationships in that regard because it is way, way easy to elevate them to a place that they were never meant to be. Never meant to be. And I'm not saying I wouldn't give my life for I'm not saying that I wouldn't fight for I wouldn't say that I, that I wouldn't do crazy things for but not at a cost to my relationship with Christ. Verse 61 goes on and says, And another said, Lord, um, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Uh, there it is again, his half-hearted commitment, is it not? It starts with that, but yeah, yeah Lord, Lord I, I will do it. Lord, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Just after this, hold on just a second. i got to go back home. i got to let them know I'm, I'm leaving and tell them farewell and hugs and kisses, everybody, and see, see you later. And see, our commitment to Jesus must take precedence over everything else. And what we see in these scriptures is that's not, that's not what's happening. And, and so look at Jesus' response to that. He says to him, no one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, so get a picture of this. In that day, what they would do is they would plow the field. And the way that they would do that is they would have this, this big old plow thing that they'd have to have both hands on. And it would be pulled by an ox or an animal of some sort. And it, and it, and it would it require your focus and your commitment. So as you've got this big plow that you're, I mean, it's heavy, it's wooden, it's got this blade on it, and it's, and it's making tracks in there. And, and as it's going, I mean, like you, you've got I mean, to be on it. Because if you don't, the moment you turn and Hey, neighbor, what up? What up, neighbor? Hey, and, hey, yeah, man. What, I mean, you're all over the place. You're everywhere. I mean, you, you don't go the way that you're supposed to go. And Jesus says, that, that's what you're like. No one that just put their hand on the plow, they, they look back. No, no one that does this fit for the king. Yeah, yes, Jesus, I want you, but well, hold, hold on. Just time out. I'll see you later. And you go back over here. Uh, that's what Jesus is saying. I, I, maybe, maybe a good... good um, Maybe a picture of this would be this. If you've ever ridden with me and I'm driving, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm a watcher of things. You know what I'm saying? And I've got like one of those cars that beep at you and, and tells you that you're not doing good. Like, like I never was good at coloring in the lines and I'm definitely not good at driving in the lines apparently. And so it's like, it, it'll remind me quite frequently that that, that white line and that yellow line is there for a reason. One, so you don't run off the road or two, so you don't come at oncoming traffic. 
And I don't know how they do it, but they got sensors in it, and it lets you know. And I'm like, there's no way I'm that close to the line. But maybe it's not about getting close to the line. It doesn't matter how close you are. Maybe it doesn't want you near the line at all. And so as I read this, I just, I just think about this. Because when you're driving, if you're not focused on where you're going, what can happen? It can be catastrophic, can it not? For you, for the oncoming traffic, for the cat in the field. I don't know. It can be catastrophic in a moment. So if we stay focused and committed, what happens? We get a lot accomplished and a lot done what, for his kingdom, for his glory, for his great name. Well, because we're moving ahead for him, for the kingdom of God. So let, let, me, let me ask you this again. What would church be like if everyone was as committed as you? What would it be like? Maybe another way to ask it is this. Are we any different than these stories of half-hearted commitment to Jesus? Are we any different than that? Or is this a current picture of the church today? Is this this a reading of the temperature in the church today? I love Jesus, but. I want Jesus and to please him and to do, but. Jesus... But, and what we see in these scriptures is for every but, there's a comeback from the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's not a good comeback. Because the comeback would lead us to believe that their heart wasn't for him. Their heart wasn't for following him, being a part of him, being a part of, of, of whatever he's wanting to be a part of, being about him and committed to him and all in. It's not... And so are we any different than these stories? Is this a picture of the church today? Here, but the church universal even? Is that what she's like? So as as we close this morning, I just want to kind of maybe give us some reasons why we're not committed and talk for a second. Maybe the reason why we're not truly committed is because we're not his. And what I mean by that is this, is it's following Jesus is more than just knowing a bunch of terms or, or giving an attendance here and there. It's so much more than knowledge. It's about relationship. And so one reason maybe it's so easy to justify not being committed is because we don't have a relationship with. Because those who we have a relationship with, we walk with, we invest in, we care about, we, we, we put work into, and they put work into us. I mean, those type of relationships that we're committed to, I mean, we'll fight for, will we not? We'll go the distance for. We'll do whatever we have to do uh, uh, to grow, to, to help, to encourage, to, to, to see flourish, to do, do whatever we need to do. And so maybe the problem is, is that that commitment we thought we made really was ever a commitment. It was just to be a part of a club that never was uh, meant to be a part of a club of. So maybe that's one reason why we're not committed. I don't know. Maybe another reason why we're not committed is because of sin. We love us more than we love Jesus. I don't know about you, but I have to fight that all the time. And my comfort, what, what, what makes me happy in the moment, my convenience. I mean, I mean none, of these, none of these instances was about convenience, was it? Je- Jesus didn't give a rip about their convenience. Jesus gave a rip about their heart and their commitment and where, where it was going to land. That's what he cared about. 
And so maybe the problem is sin. We, we love us, we love comfort, we love whatever, convenience, anything else that may seem to come up in the moment more than we love Jesus and our commitment to him. Maybe that's the problem. I mean, I know we all have sin issues, every one of us. But maybe we let that sin issue kind of supersede our commitment and fellowship of Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do? As, as the band comes back up, what, what, what do we do? I, I think we need to do what I did this week. I, I think we need to do what my dad would do in me sometimes. We need to ask ourselves, God, God help me see and know and understand better. Uh, I say I want you and I say I love you and I want to follow you. Am I really? And I think maybe a way to take it a little step further because we think more of ourselves maybe than we should or we think that we're killing it or knocking it out maybe a little bit more than what we really are. And so, so maybe what we need to do is we need to ask those closest to us that difficult question of, hey, if, if you were to assess me, and don't, don't, don't you do that and get defensive. Because, you know, like, like I'll do that, but, baby, what do you, you think about that? She's like, well, Scott, good Lord. Um, I was like, was that a good, good Lord, or was that, like, not the good kind of good Lord? Because it had to be, like, I thought it was, like, awesome, and it was great, and I did and it was like, woo, I mean, remember, I'm words of affirmation guy. And so you open yourself up that way, oh, like, I, like I'm really asking her, but I don't want to know the truth, and, like, sometimes I'll just kind of, like, joke about, like, no, don't, don't tell me, just, just tell me how good it was. That does nothing, so, so don't approach it that way. You, you really want to ask your kids. I mean, they'll tell you, won't they? Like, look, there is no grounding coming with this. There is no, like, uh, removal of, of, of finances in your future. I just tell me, does it look like Daddy loves Jesus more than anything else? Uh, find people who can be honest with you and love you. But ask the Lord, ask those closest to you. And then in that, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Because if you're anything like me, like, I get a little defensive at it at first. I just know, I'm a dang pastor, yo. I got to be committed. Do I? I mean, it may look like commitment, but is motive in the right place? Is heart in the right place? And so let the Holy Spirit convict. And then what we get to do is we get to, we get to respond to conviction. Church, I'm telling you, conviction is a good gift of God. Whereby He lets us know that we're His and that He loves us and that He expects more from us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the attitude adjustments that, that those times in the living room with Dad in the rocking chair... As much as I hated him as a kid, I hated him. And I said, I would never do that to my kids, which I'm doing that to my kids. You know, this is like one of those things that you just, oh, okay, I'll take it. We'll do it. I know, it was good for me. Anyways, as much as I hate it, what I've learned is it helped shape and mold me. So let the Holy Spirit do the same thing. When you, can feel, when you feel conviction, press in and see what's really happening. Put your finger on the pulse of that for a moment. Because usually what happens in that moment, what it is, is that you're, you're committed far more to something else than you are to Jesus. Far more to something else than you are to Jesus. And what he does is, is the Holy Spirit just says, hey, remember, you're mine. I love you and I paid for you. Oh, man, you could do so much more because what Dad, what Dad did in those days and, and what I didn't realize until a little bit down the road was is he saw more in me than I saw in myself in that moment. And he loved me enough and he cared enough for me to pull me in for a second, even though it hurt my feelings, and even though I didn't like it, and even though I hated it. He, he loved me enough and he cared for me enough in that moment to pull me in. But, but I see something better in you. Man, you could be so much more. 
man, I care for you. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing to us when he convicts us. So if our level of commitment's not there, if our level of fellowship to Jesus is not there, man, a good gift of God is for him through the Holy Spirit to convict us and tell us. And so what do we do in those moments? We repent. Okay, God, yeah, you're right. Man, I do love this a little bit more than you. Man, I do want this a little bit more. Man, I am following this a little bit more than I am following you. And so, so we repent. That's what we do. We ask God to break our heart and to help us get more committed to him first and foremost. And, and then you, you want to know, know another way to maybe kind of like help uh, supersede this process and help kind of get you, get you sped up a little bit? We know VBS is tonight. Sign up for that. Or sign up for a rotation of the children for a little bit. Or sign up for youth. Or sign up for uh, something coming up. Or, or you know what, this Saturday... Sign up to go help somebody else whose yard is devastated by trees that have been blown over. The, the way to supersede that process a little bit is to get the attention and focus off of you and put it on someone else. Get involved. And, and may, we just, may we just be reminded about what Paul says here in Galatians 2.20. He says, for I have been crucified with what Christ. Paul's telling the church there at Galatia, man, I'm dead. I went down with him. That cross, that execution stake, I laid my life on there voluntarily. I'm dead to me. It's no longer I who lives, but what who? Christ who lives in me. It's not me. It's him. Whatever he directs, whatever he says, whatever he asks. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, how do I live? I live it by faith. Where? In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So what Paul says is, man, I need to be reminded I'm dead to me. I'm dead to my wants, my desires. I'm all in or nothing all in or nothing. And so when we read stories like this and we see things like this, we're like, man, but that's crazy. Like Jesus, Jesus is so much nicer than that. Let's do this. Let, let's go sign up for the Marines next. Like, all right, dude, I, like I'm in, but I, but, but I can only do 10 push-ups once, uh, once a week. I'll give you a half a mile of running. All right. This hair is not being shaved. You hear me? Like this is my trademark, yo. Like we are not doing that. Like I'll, I'll go down a bit lower with it. But that's it. I'm not getting up at four o'clock. I will make my bed the way that I want to make my bed. Where do I sign? They're going to laugh me out of the place, are they not? Why, why, do we think that, why do we think it would be crazy to do that, but not whenever Jesus, the Savior of the world, who's, who lays his life down for us, who dies for us, who gives us everything that we could ever need or want? And the sacrifice of himself. Why are we crazy to think that he would expect anything less from us? Oh, why do we do the, the goofy illustration of the marine thing there? And think that it's okay that he'll understand that he'll get over, he'll get over it. I mean, I mean, honestly, the marines are, are kitty cats compared to Jesus' expectation. We'd never do that to the military or to them or to the recruiter or to whoever. We know better. Or, or heavens help us, we'd never join and get in and then start to give some expectations and, and list of what we're going to do and not do. We know how that ends. Us out in our head with a, not a good record. Why do we do it to Jesus? Why do we do it to Jesus? Yes, I want you, but like everybody else in this story said. And so I guess for me, I just had to have a come to Jesus moment this week. Because I know with summer what comes, a lot of temptation to just check out for the next months in your pursuit relationally with Jesus as well as his church. And hear, hear me, this is not me saying, don't go, go on vacation, take two, whatever, do your thing. You need that. 
But don't stop pursuing. Don't stop being committed to him and his church. Don't waste one second that he has given you. Don't forget what you committed to when you come to faith in Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. It's not me that lives no more, but it's Christ who lives in me. This flesh, this life that I live, I don't live by my own power, but I live it in the faith and faith in the Son of God. Don't forget that. Are you his? Are you not his? Are you committed like you should be? Or are you not? Those are the questions you've got to answer. Those are the questions that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the answers to. Yes or no? Are you where you need to be? Or are you not? You be obedient to however God leads you in this moment to respond to that. Because if, if you're not where you need to be, that's okay. Just don't be content staying there. Let him stir and draw and bring you along. All it takes is one step, one step today in this moment to be more committed than you were the moment you walked in. You do work with the Lord, whatever he asks, whatever he requires. Father, we love you, Jesus. We need you. Help us this morning see the seriousness, feel the seriousness of this. Help us this morning hear your voice, follow after you. Be obedient to whatever it is that you ask, call, want us to do. It's not my life, it's yours. I've handed it over. I said that I want to follow you. I realize and understand that there's nowhere to lay my head. I realize and understand it's not about convenience. It's not about my family. It's about you first and foremost and everything else has got to fall in line underneath that. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help us be committed all in for you, for your glory, for your great name. Shall we pray? Amen.